We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, everybody. It's Kirk Henderson once again with another episode of Mavs Moneyball After Dark. I am with Jeffrey Cooper's. Cooperstein, after the loss, and let me tell you, I am a little bit frustrated. The Mavericks played the Celtics tonight and lost by 10 points, 116 to 106. Uh, you know, like I try to on this pod, I want to start with uh, I want to start with the things we were pleased with. So I'm going to let Coop kick us kick us off here. Obviously, uh, thanks for having me on, Kirk. First of all, uh, another good night for Luka Doncic: 34 points, six rebounds, nine assists, 11 to 21 from the field. He was three of 10 from three. But uh, at, at times, he was the only one that was making anything happen for the offense. And in that third quarter, he was single-handedly carrying the team and is why they were in the game to begin with uh, to start the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Powell had a little bit of a bounce-back game. His plus-minus was a team-leading 20. Uh, he fouled a lot, but, you know, he's just not a good post defender, and that's something I've got to accept. Um, I feel bad for him on these free throws. He's now t- He missed two in the fourth quarter to really get the Mavs started on a – on a parade of free throw misses and he's now 10 of 19 for the year. That's something I'd like to see him figure out, but at least in terms of field goal percentage, he bounced back. He may, he hit six or seven shots. He was looking a little more like the guy that we've come to, to, you know, uh, hope for. Um, and then I think uh, Maxi Kleba played a pretty darn good game, 15 points, eight boards. He connected on four threes, which was, you know, pretty outstanding. So that was, that was the least fun. I, I think you can take, you know, Cleveland's becoming, you know, probably one of their most important five players just with how versatile he is. So that's that's nice. Yeah, it's and it's good to see him knock down shots at a consistent clip, especially over there in the corner, because that's where Luca loves to make that wraparound pass and find the open guy. Ooh, so pretty it, ones tonight, too. Yeah, just absolutely. some great looks. God. If uh, if Kleba, if Kleba can knock down that shot at a consistent clip, that'll be good going forward for sure. So I was, I was watching the game on NBA TV because that was my feed option. And Tommy Heinsohn, you know, he's a legend, but he's also a legendary legendary homer. 
Um, he was stunned to silence on a numerous Doncic plays. He just didn't know what to say because it, it, you know, he clearly is, you know, he's such a big Celtics guy. So that was pretty funny. Um, you know, let's just pivot right into the hard stuff. You know, this is, it's one loss. I, I hear whatever, but it's their first road loss. It's against a team that frankly, the Celtics are an outstanding defensive team. They just blitz the Mavericks from the opening tip. And so that sort of thing is really hard to, uh, to, you know, work through. And the Mavericks eventually did so, but by the point, you know, they shot, they shot 42% from the field. They heaved 42 free three pointers and only connected on 11. Um, there, it was, it was just kind of an, uh, just a weird game. I don't even know who to, who should we start with? Uh, There's so many different places to start. Like you said, it was, it was a super clunky game. I never feel like they were in a rhythm at any point in time. And mm-hmm. It, it, they were just never to be. They were never able to completely break through on Boston's defense. They did end up scoring 106 for the game, but it, it felt like at times that they were they were never able to get consistent open shots. And that's that's credit to the Celtics defense. They just have guys out there who can who can guard all five positions and are able to make make bad stuff happen. Well, I I, I want to start. I'm gonna. People probably think they know where I'm gonna start, and and you're wrong. I'm gonna start with Tim Hardaway Jr. He's a mess. He is oh, a mess. It, get it, him out of the out of the rotation. Get him off, you know, put him on the bench in street clothes. He is a horrendous decision maker at almost every point in the game. I don't care what his plus minus shows. He shot that three from Luca. There was 12 seconds left on the shot clock. Yep. He took one dribble, contested, and just brick. And then at the end of the game, he let uh, Brown blow right past him for a huge dunk. I know the game was already out of hand. But this sort of stuff with him, he's he is he doesn't look like he cares. And that con- that lack of conscience can be amazing for certain kinds of players. And frankly, the Mavericks have benefited from it a few times this year. Denver is is the main time I can think of. But he is I just can't stand watching him. I, I he, he makes me long for Wes Matthews. I, I, that's exactly where I was gonna go. He's definitely been a tough watch this season, and he does have he, he is a different player, but he does have the Wes Matthews syndrome where if, if he goes 0 for 10, he thinks the next one's going in. And that's also partially on the coaching staff. If if he doesn't have it, they have to realize that, and they have to know that there, there needs to be another option on the bench. Um, it's, it's, it's just unfortunate because Tim's going to get the opportunities due to his contract and due to what he's making. And it's they, they have to find a way to get him involved because if – I don't know how this could happen, but if they could somehow make him into a consistent scorer – it'd be very valuable for the team. And I think that's why they're willing to work with him. But his, it, his decision-making is, is very bad. He, he takes shots early in the shot clock that you just, you head scratch. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's been happening the entire season and it seems like nothing's getting better. I don't know how to look into the analytics on this. I spent like early Sunday morning looking into some things with where and when he's taking his shots. And I don't have the data to prove this, but I do believe that when he catches off of like, you know, uh, a Luca pass to the corner, for example, as opposed to when he's coming up off of a screen, like off one of those elevator plays. Yeah. I feel like when he's catching off the move, he is an absolute mess compared to when he's catching at a standstill. The shot just looks better. Um, 
he is taking the right kind of shots. When you when you break down his kind of shot distribution, he's taking a ton more threes than he has in recent years. It's just he's not he's he's decidedly average at them at best. He's now he's now twenty one of sixty four for the year, which you know it's roughly thirty three percent. That's that's you know it's not great, average. but it, it could stand. It could be three to four percentage point worse. But I will tell you, I just can't get over how bad it feels. <laughs> I don't well, know. I, like that's just crazy to me. I agree. Like, uh, and when you go look, you go look at his numbers. They don't look that bad on the surface. But when you watch him, it's just it's an absolute headache to watch him play. And I don't know how they're going to how they're going to manage it. But th- something has to change because I mean, as of right now, obviously we'll get to this in a minute. But Porzingis had a bad night tonight, but. On on any given night, you have Luca getting you twenty seven. You have Porzingis getting you twenty, and then Hardaway's your third leading scorer. So they have to find they have to find another option. Otherwise, he's going to keep getting the looks. Yeah, I, I'm. I, I would like to see some different options, like some different roles for Wright and Brunson, who each played pretty good games tonight in limited minutes. I just I don't understand Wright only getting twenty one minutes. What was the point of signing him if we're only going to play him for less than two quarters? That's he's too interesting a player. He's the he's the only other player besides Luca who I think can actually get to the rim without using a ton of ball fakes. Brunson does okay, but every now and again Brunson gets caught and it's like, oh goodness, what is he doing in the lane? Um, I do think we need to talk about Porzingis. I I got killed on my social media feed tonight. I saw it, and I, I was I, I went right to your feed right when Porzingis <laughs> up his third foul, and I was like, oh man, this will be a slaughter. Um, but. You know, I wasn't mad about that. I just, you know, the Mavericks have a a brilliantly designed offense with players that are interesting. And the fact that they go to KP like he's Kendrick Perkins in 2007 in <laughs> order to get his confidence going is ludicrous to me. The fact that that kick out three from from Luca that was three feet behind the arc was a bad shot, followed up by a post up against a guy and Marcus Smart, who, you know, Mavericks fans should be familiar with him by now. He's an excellent interesting player if he were on the Mavericks where Carlisle would never take him out of the game and so then he missed that shot and then he had that funky turnover that he threw the ball to Smith instead of just take or uh, Dorian Finney-Smith instead of just taking a three and then from there he was not engaged from that point on he was disengaged from the game and I have I'm friends with a few Nick fans who are kind of confused with how uh, Porzingis is being used one had a really interesting theory that that you know uh, Carlisle was playing him a little bit of power forward just to show him that he can't actually play power forward anymore because the league's too small. I, I just don't know what to do with him because he's so talented. I don't think he's bad in that sense. I think that he is not anywhere – like the, there's no idea how to use him because he's just – he's had one game where he shot above 50%. That's wild. I mean, look, we've seen that he has the talent. I don't think anyone's questioning his ability. Um there, I mean, obviously, part of it has to do with the fact that he hadn't played in 20 months. But, I mean, that, that excuse is going away. This is game nine. We're into the season now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you got to start seeing some results. And like you said tonight, I absolutely noticed that, too. He was disengaged from the game after he missed a few shots. And once he got into foul trouble, there was there was really no coming back from that. I don't know if, it, if Rick is playing him at the four to show him that he can't play. I don't think Rick would be that petty. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I mean... They're trying to win the games. Um, but he was guarding but, Jason Tatum. Like, that's a terrible yeah. – that's not well, fair to Porzingis. He can't well, do that. He, he can't. And I th- kind of going on a tangent here, but the Mavs like to switch on everything and, yeah. they, and with, with no resistance. 
And I don't think that helps him at all either because he's getting switched on to players he can't guard. And I know I also noticed tonight on offense, at least uh, the Celtics were putting guys like six, seven, eight inches shorter than him on him. And they were just bullying him on the post. Um, I know Marcus Smart's one of the league's best defenders, but Porzingis should be able to, to shoot over him. And Porzingis should be able to get his shot against uh, Jalen Brown. There's there's no excuse for him not being able to get a shot off that. Um, yeah. So they're just going to have to work through it. And they're going to have to get him involved. And it seems like he's just not involved in the flow of the offense. And I think that they, they have to get him involved in the flow of the offense. And when they do that, he'll be okay. But for me, at least through the number of games we've seen, in the flow of the offense usually means stopping the offense and giving him an isolation. List. That's what I'm saying. Um, That's what I'm when, when he gets the ball, the possession is over. There is some, there were some super cool possessions against the, the, the Knicks actually, where he got the ball on the move. And I hate to use this comparison, but it's just going to be in my head all season. The way the Pelicans use Zion Williamson in the preseason, where they caught him coming off screens, going downhill at the basket. Porzingis is a talented finisher. He's, again, huge, and he's strong. He's stronger than he looks. And the few times the Mavericks have have got him going on the move or when he has basically faced up and then taken a power dribble to the right, good things happen. He just has some, you know, I, I keep focusing on his tendencies. Like, he really loves to go left, and he really just loves that. That face-up turnaround jumper is, like, the thing him and Anthony Davis are just going to have till the end of time, and he needs to be a little bit better about that. The, the engagement thing is really what I'm worried about more so than I am the process because I think the shots start to fall. The kind of looks he's getting are hilarious. The three from Luca at the start of the game, I mean, it was an open three. It was just, you know, deep. And I just, if it had gone in, of course, I'd cheer because I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of, you know, lunatic and I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. <laughs> and it, it, you know, I, the process I understand is good. It's just when you go to, the, when you go to it twice and when you got a guy like Luca who, had, again, scored – 34 points on 21 shots. It's like, guys, like, let's, let's just figure out something different. They have, and I think they'll get there. I, I think they're, it's not just Porzingis. It's figuring out how all these pieces fit. And when, you know, Seth Curry starts the game, just brick, 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 and fouling the crap out of everybody. There's nothing. I don't really think the Mavericks have much. Uh, there's more than just Porzingis. That's the problem tonight. It just, yeah, he was, I, you know. I, what, what has happened with Seth Curry? Did, did he forget how to shoot? Well, did you see the Nick? I mean, did you see last game? Last game was fantastic. Like yeah, they, they against Memphis, he was very good yeah. against Memphis. But I, I, I didn't get to see much of the Knicks game. But from everything I've seen with him this season, it's it, everything's long and it's and he is struggling from the line. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, that was a little that was a little weird. I, you did touch on something. I think we should kind of close out on before we. Uh, before we finish up, is is the defensive scheme. And Josh talked about this online. Josh Bow, who has, has done a number of these podcasts with me here, he talked about how the Mavericks play this, you know, kind of concerted. Like, they've been switching everything, but on pick and roll, sometimes they drop a little bit. And playing a drop coverage against Kimball Walker was weird. That yeah. that was – I don't understand what that decision is because, you know, blitz him. It might not work. He's Kimba freaking Walker. I've, uh, he's an amazing player. But, like – but he you got don't let him have threes. an open three. You, and they were open, too. That was what – I mean, they might have been deep, but, like, he he did a couple of dribble moves, and it wasn't just that the Mavs' defense was bad. He was outstanding. I, well, I, Kimball was just unbelievable tonight. There's no two ways about it, and you can see why the Mavs wanted to throw money at him. He, <laughs> he, I mean, <laughs> he is that good. And, the, I mean, I, I'm not going to – like, Kimba's an unguardable player, and I'll, I'll go yeah. ahead and say that he's – He's unguardable, but you have to do things to try to throw him off. 
And I don't think that I don't think they did enough on defense to try to throw him off tonight. He got whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted. Well, so it's interesting you say that. So at the seven minute mark or about six thirty, the Mavs went up ninety to eighty eight. And then things started to get really funky. The Mavs held on to the lead through the, you know, five and a half minute mark when Kemba Walker nailed one of those big threes. Um, Luca came in at just under the six minute mark. Um, it was kind of odd because Luca comes in in under six minutes. He gets fouled. He has hits one of two free throws. And then essentially the Mavericks go multiple possessions without Luca getting a, a, a look at the rim. I don't think it was necessarily by design. They fouled uh, Dwight Powell, who missed both free throws. I think that's in here. Yeah. I could be getting my timing that's wrong. Right. And then Brunson flopped and hit one of two free throws. And by that point, the game, uh, he, when, when Brunson hits the second free throw, the Mavs are down four. Walker walks up the court and nails another three-pointer, and that's the four-minute, 12-second mark. Yeah, the, game was, the game was over at that yeah. point. And, uh, and Luke, Luca basically went two solid minutes without getting to make a play. And, you know, and that's also partially the Celtics were throwing everybody and their mom at him and trying yeah. to get him to, to get the ball out of his hands. They, they I mean, they just have to be better down the stretch. They have to be better on defense. They have to be a better free throw shooting team. Uh, Mark Followell said on the broadcast, and I looked it up, it's crazy. They're 29th in the league in fourth quarter free throw percentage. <laughs> 29, I, I think... <laughs> Before tonight, I believe I believe don't quote me on this. I believe the number was sixty point four percent, and that did not get better tonight. So no, that it did not. I mean, you have to be better there, and and you absolutely have to be better on defense. Yeah, yeah. Well, I will say this about the guys, and we've gone a little long, but I don't think anybody will mind. We all want to vent after after a game like this. The these games are like heart pounding. I I. I can't sleep after these games, sometimes in the worst ways, but often in the best ways because I'm just excited. They're six and four. You know, they're they're going to play New York on Thursday. They get a couple days to think about this one. Then they face an injured Toronto team. They play San Antonio, which is probably going to be terrifying. Then they huh. play Golden State, Cleveland, Houston. They 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 could close out the month on a pretty good run if they if they really focus. I think there's a lot here where we're complaining and where we are frustrated is not that they are bad. It's that they are not hitting their potential in certain ways. Right. In some ways they're regressing. I think they're, I think they're, they're going to, this, I feel confident is, is I guess what I'm trying to say. Uh, absolutely. It, it's not that they're a bad team at all. It's that they could be so much better. Uh, and the, they'll have, they'll be able to find their way. You know, they do have an easier schedule and we'll see what Porzingis want, wants to do against his Knicks coming up his former Knicks hopefully yep. he'll be super motivated to go play in the garden and give us a good night after what he did tonight i'm looking for i'm looking forward to it i, I want to see them play again thanks for joining me tonight we're gonna have to have you on more often and then you guys are eventually going to start doing these because i can't do every game because i think my wife may kill me but i like doing them <laughs> they're fun i feel well, better after talking hopefully you can get enough before she kills you and then when that happens josh and i'll take over that's right that's right all right guys this has been kirk henderson and jeffrey cooperstein um this has been, what's the name of our podcast? Mav Moneyball After Dark. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys this week. Have a good one. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. 
And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.